Welcome back, dear listeners. This is Andrew's Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast, and I am your host, Andrew. And I just wanted to take a quick second to go back and thank everyone for listening in and tuning in for the first episode released last week. Uh, This week, uh, I talked to some of the Down in Front guys, and we've decided to shuffle around some of the episodes. So what we're going to be discussing this week is our October's Essentials list, meaning the list of movies we cannot go without watching this month leading us up until Halloween at the end of October, which I hope you are all as excited about as I am. It's just about my favorite holiday, and I actually just got finished doing a whole bunch of holiday decorating around the apartment. Now, I just wanted to take a second to double back uh, and introduce um, where I'm at today, as the Down and Front guys usually like to start with what they're sipping on and what they're currently watching. Uh, I'm drinking a little bit of black coffee, and I just got finished watching The Bad Batch, a film that is... Uh, newly added to Netflix, a film that I was actually uh, pretty excited to see. It's a follow-up done by Anna Lily Amirpour. Uh, She had a film come out back in 2014 called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Uh, Cool little uh, different vampire flick. Uh, Definitely check that one out if you get the chance. But this film, uh, very different. Um, It's about a a girl who is... um, left out in a desert wasteland because she is what's considered part of the Bad Batch, and in this desert wasteland it is inhabited by cannibals and crazy people, and she just kind of has to survive on her own. Um, and uh, with it's peppered with all these um, images and instances of violence and horrific things happening to her and other people, but uh, uh, over overall it's this weird love story with um, themes of adventure while also having a lot of just really weird uh, characters in general, and that's what this director does really well also. Um, so I definitely recommend it if you get a chance to check it out. The cast is also fantastic. I mean, you have Sookie Waterhouse, you have Jason Momoa, you have Giovanni Ribisi, um, even you got... Keanu Reeves and Jim Carrey in there. Uh, If you actually give this movie a watch and you're able to uh, eyeball Jim Carrey, let me know, because even though his part in the film is a big part of the the overall story, he's very easy to miss. All right, and with that out of the way, we can get started. Um, Before we start, I just wanted to remind everybody that that these lists are my opinion, um, not set in stone, clearly. Uh, We love to hear from you guys, so if you have the ability to reach out to us via social media any way you can, please feel free. We love to hear from you guys. If you agree and or disagree with the movies that I've chosen, or if you think that there are better movies out there, or if you think that some of the movies that I'm thinking are pure shit, then please let me know. I would love to hear it. Um, And definitely, if you guys have any other movie recommendations, we'd love to hear about those. I'm always super psyched if it's something I've never heard of or seen before myself. Um, If you don't even have any recommendations, feel free to give us uh, your Halloween costume ideas or some spooky stories you have. We're open. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks so much.
All right, and to start us off, I'm going to start with an instant classic that you have to watch. It's George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, the original movie from the 60s, filmed in black and white. Uh, Still a very prominent movie in that you watch that film and it still gives you these real, real chills up and down your spine in that they are trapped in that house. It gets really claustrophobic with all the people that come popping out. And it, you know, even with all the the horror themes and um, things going on throughout that movie, it still delves into uh, the politics at the time and the issues of race um, that crop up by the end of the film are very important. And this movie still holds up to this day. Definitely give it a peek if you haven't seen it. From there, I usually like to jump even further back, and uh, really any of the original Universal monster films are a great place to start your October. Um, I had the privilege of going to one of the independent uh, film houses here uh, in the Cambridge area a few years back and catching for the first time a triple feature of Dracula, Wolfman, and Frankenstein, and I had never seen them before, but seeing them on film uh, in a tiny theater on a on a a pretty big screen. It was actually fairly entertaining. And the best part about these movies, not only the fact that they are also in black and white, um, shot beautifully, uh, all the makeup and set pieces are fantastic, but they're really not that long. So you can, you can blow through a few of them super easy. And they're great movies to also have on in the background, um, while you're doing work or trying to get something else done. If you're, if you're the kind of person that works that way. Um, but honestly, if you haven't seen any of these, just think about, uh, those three that I mentioned, Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein, those are the, the three key. And then you have um, The Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Invisible Man, so many. Uh, and the thing is, these creatures, these monsters became the archetypes for Halloween, Halloween costumes, um, spooky stories, movies in general, based off these books that came out a long time ago. Um, and then these movies that were made in the 30s and 40s that were um, a beautiful beginning of uh, horror films films in general um, that have just been around for so long and have established all these stories and characters. You got to check them out. And the the fact of the matter is like most of these characters wind up uh, down the line getting, you know, five, six, seven follow-up features based around these characters, which is great. So even if you don't start at the, the beginning, you can catch any of these films and just kind of enjoy your way through them. Now, another big uh, thing for me is the subgenre of horror uh, anthology films. Uh, now, anthology films basically present you with one overall story that somehow will break out into several smaller stories where each one is presented almost like a chapter in a book. Um, there's a lot of them that have been made. It's almost like nowadays how you see so many found footage horror films. Anthology films were big back in the day. Every once in a while, you still see one come out. Um, nowadays, but it's, it's very rare. Um, so a lot of the, the, the movies on this list, I've actually chosen sort of to be presented as a double feature because so many of them go well together. Um, some of these features, you will start with a, a one story that breaks out into the three, four, five different stories. And sometimes they actually interweave or come back together to connect at the end. So there's a lot of fun things to do there. Um, with this list, I'd love to start off with a, a couple from the seventies. Um, and the 60s uh tales from the crypt and vault of horror 
Um, both of these films were based off of the EC comics, um, the books that they were named after. Uh, and it's sort of presented in a way where um, a group of people wind up getting trapped uh, or lost, and then either the Crypt Keeper or some other nefarious character winds up sort of forcing them to have to listen to these um, terrifying stories. Uh, and it breaks, it, you know, in a way it breaks the fourth wall so that you are kind of this additional character that is kind of getting stuck listening to these stories. I know really you can kind of get up and shut the movie off if you want to, but you are sort of transfixed. Once you're at that part in the movie, you kind of want to stay there and see what happens. Um, so you're very much involved in the film in both ways. Um, and additionally to those films, there's a nice little film from uh, back in the 60s called Black Sabbath, which is actually the film that the band named themselves after. Uh, in that film, it's actually hosted by Boris Karloff, um, the same gentleman that played both The Mummy and Fra Frankenstein, and coincidentally was also the narrator for The Grinch That Stole Christmas, the original animated feature. In this film, he presents three tales of terror uh, that are really great, um, but the, the key for me was the fact that it actually has one of the most terrifying corpses uh, you've ever seen in a horror movie. Um, in the third act, there is a caretaker um, looking after a corpse, um, a recently deceased corpse, and she's waiting for the folks to come and take it away. Uh, but while waiting, she gets the smart idea to steal a ring off the finger of the dead body. And then everywhere she looks and everywhere she she hears movement in an otherwise empty house, and of course it's the, the corpse that's kind of just haunting her because she stole her property. But everywhere she looks, she sees these terrible, wide-open, sunken-in eyes and barred teeth and pale greenish skin and it's just utterly terrifying so definitely if only for the third chapter check out black sabbath and now jumping ahead to the 80s and 90s there are uh, three additional anthologies i'd like to mention um, tales from the dark side the movie um, is a film in which you uh, you see a young boy who's been captured by a witch uh, he's in a cage hanging above a cauldron and he's basically presented these stories to tell her in a way to distract her and keep her from his inevitable demise of being consumed he's trying to keep her entertained with these stories to kind of prevent that from happening um, great little flick pretty spooky um, great 80s 90s feel to it um, and then you have the Trilogy of Terror, which was a, a TV special. Um, the first two acts aren't uh, anything uh, super, super special, but it's the third act that everyone who's seen it previously kind of remembers. Um, a woman alone in her apartment receives a mysterious gift of a uh, uh, some sort of uh, fertility token, like a little statue. Um, and of course it comes to life, uh, a la Chucky or puppet master. And it chases her around with a tiny little spear and knife and has these crazy little teeth. And it's constantly screaming and like catching her and surprising her and attacking her and, you know, going after her like crazy. That one I remember as a child, uh, scared the shit out of me. Um, so definitely recommend trilogy of terror. Uh, in addition, also, um, Creep Show 1 and 2, two fantastic movies that, uh, much like um, Tales from the Crypt or Vault of Horror, are actually presented like um, as though they were EC comics. Um, there are little animated interludes kind of flipping pages. Um, but the best part about these two films is that they were uh, collaborated on by uh, George Romero and Stephen King, uh, as well as some of 
the other great voices uh, in horror at the time. Uh, and it works really well to kind of present these little vignettes of terror. Um, very uh, great horror tropes that don't feel stereotypical. Um, really great production, great lighting, uh, fun acting. Um, again, posed like it's a comic book, so it is a little pulpy, but it's perfect. Um, and those are two really great ones to, to watch this month before Halloween. And now getting us up to speed in the last few years, like I said, it's not often that we see anthology movies nowadays, but there has been some really great ones, uh, two of which come to mind are Trick or Treat and Tales of Halloween, uh, both of which I believe are on Netflix, potentially. Um, Trick or Treat has uh, Anna Paquin and some other actors that you might recognize, but what's great about this one is that it does this thing where all these little stories are kind of happening in the same universe, in the same town. And what you don't realize is that even though their occurrences are sort of shuffled around, it's all sort of coming around to meet together at the end. And then you kind of get an idea of the sequential nature of it. Again, it is sort of presented almost like a comic book or cartoon. Um, there are some animated interludes in this one as well. Um, Tales of Halloween was one that I discovered uh, uh, last year, a year or two ago, um, for being rather cheap on iTunes, so I picked it up. Um, and again, it's just a great little anthology with a handful of um, nice little short films, uh, more independent of one another. But some of the ideas are really great, and some of the effects are really great, more so traditionally. That's the that's one of the things I love about these films is you see more uh, traditional effects versus um, the special 3D effects in films like this because of the fact that these films are very short short in nature anyway. Um, and then additionally, um, there is two series of films that came out within the last few years uh, that I also would consider for these, um, one being VHS and the other being the um, ABCs of Death series. Now, uh, I present these with a little bit of um, caution to the viewer. Uh, the VHS series is great, is spooky. Um, it does go, uh, there are three films and it does kind of follow each other. There is an overarching story between the three films um, with these haunted videotapes and these guys that break in and sort of um, do a punked-esque uh, prank show where they uh, get all the pranks and terrible things that they do on tape and then sell the tapes and then it comes around and bites them on the ass in the end. Um, but all the stories are really fun. Um, it's a bunch of up-and-coming young horror directors that now are doing so much other cool stuff. Um, ABCs of Death, on the other hand, is uh, literally that. You go through A to Z, um, and again, like a, a bunch of directors will get together and just do something based off the letter, but you know someone's going to die. And sometimes some of these short films, because they're very short, are so bad. Some people I've seen uh, refuse to, to ever watch the movie again. It's not terrible, but some of the themes and some of the imagery is just really intense. So go into that one with a little bit of a, a grain of salt, if that's your thing. Like, again, there's three of those films as well. Um, I think some of them are on Netflix, but, you know, check them out. I definitely recommend them. They're good at least to see once. Uh, again, a bunch of uh, young, new horror talent working their things out and kind of learning as they go along, but they are very entertaining movies. Then there are also a few directors that have uh, plenty of films that I could have added to this list, but I've kind of narrowed it down. Um, two of my favorite directors in general are John Carpenter and David Cronenberg. Um, they both have two films on this list that I would highly recommend for October. Um, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is technically a remake, but is pretty much its own thing, uh, is one of my, if not favorite 
movie ever. Um, it's got Kurt Russell in it, and he's fighting a mutating space alien stuck in an Antarctic outpost. So again, it's got that real um, uh, stuck feel and um, really claustrophobic and like trust issues with the whole team of people he works with and lots and lots of gore and uh, traditional effects. Wonderful, beautiful traditional monster effects. One of the best examples of it by far. Um, and then additionally, his film In the Mouth of Madness, um, which has a Sam Neill, uh, pre-Jurassic Park Sam Neill, um, dumped right into a beautiful H.P. Uh, Lovecraft mystery world. Um, it's a very weird movie, um, but again, lots of weird stuff happening to it. Pretty spooky film. Um, and then as far as Cronenberg, uh, his two films that I would recommend would be Videodrome and The Fly. Uh, Videodrome, just for sheer weirdness and, again, um, spook factor. Uh, you just don't really know what's going on half the time. It doesn't really make sense, but the imagery is very scary. Uh, and The Fly is Jeff Goldblum at his best, being a creepy, pervy scientist guy that turns into a fly. Uh, and, again, the monster effects in that one are also incredibly amazing. And I've also said previously I have a great love of foreign horror films, uh, and two of my favorites right off the bat within the last few years have been the Wreck series, but uh, more specifically Wreck 1 and 2. Uh, 2 is a direct sequel, so you could sit there and watch both of them back to back. Um, and again, going back into the fact that there have been a lot of found footage horror films made within the last few years, these are two of the best ones. This was right around the beginning of that whole craze, and it was a perfect example of um, why this genre is is a thing and why it does work. These movies are amazing and I highly recommend them in Spanish with sub subtitles. Um, they were remade in America as a movie called Quarantine, but it wasn't nearly as good, especially since the first one was a shot-for-shot -shot remake and wasn't necessary. The original Spanish films are incredible. Without giving too much away, it basically tells the story of a zombie outbreak in a small apartment building that sort of escalates um, after the uh, equivalent of the CDC comes in and sort of seals the building and you kind of see what's happening on the outside, on the inside, uh, and it just really escalates and the creep factor just goes through the roof almost quite literally. So if you haven't had a chance to see either of these movies, I would definitely say look out for them because they are well worth the search. And then I'm going to round off my list with a few one-offs um, that I've really enjoyed over the last few years, and then some of them pop back into the 80s and 90s. Uh, but starting that off with Drag Me to Hell, um, one of Sam Raimi's movies after he got done with Spider-Man was fantastic. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect going into it, but it is a gross-out gypsy curse film, uh, and it is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. The acting is amazing. It's totally over the top. Um, great jump scares. Doesn't seem cheesy. Uh, totally check it out. Um, and then additionally, uh, if you haven't seen um, American Werewolf in London, uh, which is the quintessential werewolf movie beyond just the Wolfman itself, uh, it's a great 80s film, um, great acting, pretty funny, but again, amazing monster effects if you haven't seen it. It's one of the best werewolf transformation scenes in any movie, period. Um, additionally, The Blob, um, if you haven't seen the original with Steve McQueen or the remake in the 80s, both of those films are very great. It's just about a giant alien blob monster that comes down from outer space and starts eating people all willy-nilly like uh it's pretty incredible film both of them um 
Also, uh, Night of the Creeps and Fright Night are both two incredible 80s horror movies um, set in like a high school college uh, background with two uh, annoying teenage children basically fighting supernatural forces. Um, usually I don't like kids in movies, but these are two of my faves, uh, especially in around Halloween time. Check them out. Then finally, two of my absolute faves are um, the Reanimator and Hellraiser series. Um, both films have multiple um, follow-ups, but the originals are always the best. Um, Reanimator is the retelling of an H.P. Lovecraft story, but it's in classic 80s style. Um, very much over the top. The effects are really great. Jeffrey Combs is in that movie, and he is the Reanimator, and he is incredibly frantic and awesome. Um, and then as far as Hellraiser goes, uh, the the first and second movies can be seen back to back because they are direct sequels. Um, but the first one is the best one out of the eight or nine or 10 films that have been made to precede it. And that rounds out my list. Uh, sorry if some of those seemed a little rushed. Uh, again, I just wanted to make sure that you guys were primed for the month. I mean, there's 31 days in there, so you better have 31 movies to watch at least. Um, so I hope you uh, get a kick out of some of those movies if you haven't heard of them or seen them already. Uh, definitely reach out. Like I said before, let us know if you uh, agree or disagree. Uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, and again, for the Down in Front podcast, this is Andrew uh, with Andrew's Fear Boners. And if you like what you heard, feel free to hit us up on facebook at facebook.com backslash down in front podcast or you can reach out to us at down in front podcast at gmail.com we're also on twitch at twitch.tv backslash down in front podcast uh, you can find us on twitter at underscore d-i-f-p and if uh, you would feel like that you want to hear more of this or you want to help us out in any sort of way we appreciate it um you can visit us and contribute to our patreon at patreon.com backslash down in front podcast Again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with more Fear Boners, where we'll discuss the best of the worst, some of the most shitty horror movies that are out there that are still enjoyable to watch. Uh, and this is Andrew for Andrew's Fear Boners signing off. We'll scare you later.